You're listening to the Elevate Your Brand podcast, where we talk to some of the smartest entrepreneurs and fastest growing brands on the market today. I'm your host, Laurel Mintz, a reformed corporate M&A attorney who founded award-winning LA-based marketing agency, Elevate My Brand. We've elevated some of the world's biggest brands from Facebook, Paw Patrol, and Verizon to innovative startups you haven't even heard of yet. Are you ready to elevate your brand? Keep listening. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Elevate Your Brand. I, of course, am your host, Laurel Mintz, and I am joined today by Pete Maldonado, who is the CEO and co-founder of Chomps. Pete, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I actually was a big fan of Chomps before you and I ever got connected. Um, it's such a fun brand, and we'll talk about the marketing piece first. But as a starting point, share with us, what is Chomps? Sure. So Chomps is a, a better-for-you meat snack. Um, we only do meat sticks. So if you think about the typical meat sticks that you're probably used to seeing in gas stations, uh, Across the country, we took those and took all the bad stuff out and put only good stuff in. So we're using grass-fed and grass-finished beef. We're using free-range antibiotic-free turkey and grass-fed and finished venison. Um, no sugar added to the product and uh, nothing artificial. So we just keep it very clean and simple. And you can really taste that. I, I think the way I was introduced to you in the first place was I was doing uh, Whole30 and you were, were in this Whole30 pack and you like basically saved my life because it was one of the only things that actually had flavor in that whole 30 pack and you guys are whole 30 approved which is awesome yes we have we're a great partner uh whole 30 has been a great partner to us for many years now so very happy to have that i mean i have to say you know i'm obviously a big fan which is why i invited you on the podcast but you remember back in the day, like those old school meat sticks that you were mentioning where you could squeeze the top and all of the fat and disgusting stuff would come out of the top. Do you, do you ever, do you ever do that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe one too many times. Um, you and remember I, that experience? But, I, but I would say though, I, I, you know, I grew up eating probably more of those than I'd ever like to admit. Um, totally. Giving my, my job now, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, it, Listen, that's that's the reason why we have a company today. So uh, we were able to take those and do something better than, than it. So, yeah. That's exactly right. And, you know, that was like a treat when you were growing up. That was a really exciting thing that you could get at the market, you know, at, at checkout or like that was a good summer camp item because it was, you know, it didn't spoil. So I remember that being like the ultimate uh, treat. And now I love that you guys are doing a better version of it for, for parents uh, you know, to give their kids. And then of course, for adults like me who don't have kids to, um, to eat on the go. So tell me what was the root of Chomps? How did you start it? Give us a little bit of your, your origin story. Yeah, perfect. So uh, originally, um, we started this business, uh, I had the idea for better for you snacks back when I was a personal trainer in college. So that's kind of how I paid my way through school. Um, one of the things I found with clients was that, you know, especially um, I was doing this up in, in Long Island, by the way. So a bunch of my clients were coming in from uh, in from Manhattan to their Hampton homes where I, I was training them in the Hamptons and there's busy professionals, you know? And so I was trying to keep them on these diet plans that I would spend so much time creating for them and literally none of them would ever stick to it. And, <laughs> you know, this was a different time. Um, you know, back then there really weren't so many options for, 
meal delivery programs and just better for you on the go snacks like there are now. So, um, but that's really kind of what got the wheels turning was to start like, okay, these are the ideas for the things I want to bring to market one day. Um, Mm. and then, uh, yeah. So in around 2011, I started CrossFit and paleo dieting and I really saw this trend just blowing up. And, um, and so I was like, okay, well, this is, this is an opportunity I can do, uh, you know, a snack. I loved, used to love, you know, the, those other gas stations, uh, meat sticks. And I'm like, I think I could do a better version. So, um, went to, you know, I, I decided to call some manufacturers some co-packers and, uh, we were able to make the product. I ended up actually partnering with my, our co-founder and my, my current business partner, uh, Rashid. And, um, because at the time, you know, I, I, I know my limitations. I'm, I'm good with the sales and marketing side of things, but he's an operations and finance whiz. So mm-hmm. I was like, this is exactly what I need. Um, so yeah, we partnered up very early on and uh, hit the ground running. I love it. I think it's a really important point to note because a lot of people listening in are either building their own brands or, you know, launching into new markets. Uh, it's so critical to make sure that you have a partner that is a great fit for the opposite side of the wheelhouse that you, you know, focus your efforts on. Like I'm on your side. I love sales. I love marketing. Get Put me in front. I could pitch all day, every day, but that operations, that finance side, the number crunching, ugh, get, like, put a spreadsheet in front of me and I will like shrivel into a million pieces. I I hate that work, but it's so critical to find both sides of the coin, right? Especially for a brand like Chomps, it's it's growing exponentially at this point. Yeah, it's been a uh, wild ride to say the least. It's been, uh, and you know, it's gotten to a level and uh, that we've never really anticipated, and quite honestly, really weren't even planning on early on when we got into this. Um, This was actually going to be a side hustle for the both of us. So I was in the real estate business, um, and then Rashid was an operations consultant. So. This actually started as a side hustle. We started with a very uh, modest investment of uh, three thousand two hundred fifty bucks a piece, so sixty five hundred bucks, <laughs> and got some samples made. I figured out how to make a really horrible website and designed some probably <laughs> the worst packaging you could ever imagine on Photoshop. And um, yeah, we just created it and started, you know, putting it out there. And actually, it was successful, which was interesting. Um, it was, it was, you know, that was also a modestly successful. So we, but you know, we, small investment and it was small return. And then we just kind of kept taking the, that, um, the profits and reinvesting it and growing it to what it is today, um, which we've become much more professionalized in what we do. <laughs> and, um, and it's a very big brand now and we'll, we'll do some around, uh, right now around a hundred million dollars in retail sales. So it's wow, a, that's amazing. Yeah. Congratulations. That's huge. Thank you. A couple things to unpack there as well. Um, of course, the first one is it doesn't have to be perfect, right? Like you just got to hit the ground running and get your product out there and the market will tell you if it's something that they are interested in. So I think for those listening in who are thinking about starting something, there's never a good time. You know, use the Nike effort. Just do it. Just jump in with both feet. Sometimes you're going to fail. Sometimes you're going to succeed. Obviously, Chomps was a huge success and is continuing to grow. And on that track, um, can you share with us the the new expansion into Canada? And I think you have some new flavors as well that you're, you guys are launching really soon. Yeah. So um, we have eight flavor profiles right now. Um, it's a mix between the beef, turkey, and venison. And then we've got a pepperoni turkey that we're about to launch, um, which we're very excited about. And Honestly, I would not be surprised if this becomes our number one bestseller. So we're all very, very excited about this. So this will be um, launching on our website and e-commerce channels um, 
shortly here. And then you'll find it in um, uh, retailers like Whole Foods and Meyer uh, later on in the year. Um, awesome. And then other, I love that pepperoni turkey experience is like you get all the flavor, but half the fat basically. Right. That's right. That's right. I love it. It's almost as if I was in marketing, Pete. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, so what have been some of your biggest challenges along the way? Uh, I know our audience always likes to hear, you know, what the big wins were, but also, you know, things that you might look back and give some tips to to people now so that they don't stumble the same way that you might have. Absolutely. So, I mean, I could run through a whole list of uh, challenges and things that we had to overcome. Um, I would say um, with them on the marketing side of things, um, you know, one of the things we actually figured out last year during COVID and because of COVID actually was that was just how unprofitable our um, paid search and social efforts and that strategy was, you know? Wow. Um, and it would kind of, you know, so, so when COVID hit, you know, obviously people were, you know, kind of, if, you, if you were a brand, you were out there still marketing your brand. Um, a lot of consumers, you know, were giving, there was backlash, right? And it was like, you know, you, you must be tone deaf to be out there marketing. Um, yeah. and trying to sell your product in a time like this, which is, you know, fair enough. Right. And, um, and so for us, you know, we, we took that as a, as a, a obvious cue to, to shut things down for a bit. And so we shut off all of our paid search and social, all of our influencer marketing, um, just to really kind of focus on what was, uh, the crisis at hand. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, what we found though, after just a few days, it was only supposed to be a few days. It was turned off. We we're going to wait till things, you know, kind of clear up a little bit, and then, um, and then go go back to our normal, uh, our normal ways. And then um, after about a, a few days, we saw, okay, well, we were expecting a big drop in revenue and a big drop in traffic, and it didn't really come after a few days. And then things really extended for much longer than I think, think anybody anticipated with COVID, obviously, um, and. So a couple of weeks go by and it's the same thing. And our traffic is still trending up and revenue is still trending up like it was before. Um, and then, you know, we're like, let's keep this off for a little longer. So we keep it off. It's like month one goes by and we're like, what is going on right now? Um, we were spending, I mean, and it's, it's a, it's a seven figure budget, right? I mean, you sure. look at the year. And so when you're pulling that back, it's pretty, it's a significant, um, savings, but it was also like, you know, I was up at night uh, all, for a, a while. Cause I'm, I'm like, I, at some point this is, you know, traffic's going to plummet. It's going to bottom out. It has to, right. Um, cause we're not no longer prospecting, no longer feeding that top of funnel at some point, the bottom of funnel empties out and now our funny funnels empty. Right. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, we, uh, it, it just never really came to fruition. So we were like, okay, we are, there's no chance, first off, that when we turn this stuff back on, we're putting that same budget towards the things that we were we were uh, investing in before. So we shifted a lot of that budget over to Influencer. And mm-hmm. um, and we found that that's a much better way for us to prospect, which it makes a lot of sense. I think if you think about it, um, you know, these influencers already have a loyal following. There's some level of credibility. Um, people are following them for a reason. They like They like to hear what they have to say. Um, and then, you know, you're, instead of seeing like an ad in your Facebook feed, for instance, it's just like a, could be an image or a video or whatever. Um, they're actually seeing a personal recommendation coming from somebody that they trust. And so that to me is a much more valuable, um, 
recommendation and much more uh, valuable way for for the initial touch point with the customer. Um, That's interesting. We're going to take a really quick break, but I do want to talk about that um, when we come back. Stay tuned. If you're listening to this podcast, it's probably very likely that you've worked with a marketing agency that hasn't really worked out. That's why Elevate My Brand has developed our roadmap to marketing process. We use an extremely data-driven approach to show you exactly what your competitors are doing in the omnichannel space so that we can develop a strategy and tactical approach to success in your marketing. Call us today and let's get mapping. Thanks for sticking with us. And if you're just tuning in, I am chatting with Pete Maldonado, who is the CEO and co-founder of Chomps. Right before the break, we were talking about how you pulled out your pay-per-click um, search. I do want to argue a little bit on that point because when you were uh, pulling those that budget out, you were already a really well-known brand. So I do want to caution those listening in to make sure that if you decide to go in a different direction, and I t- totally believe in influencer marketing, we can unpack that as well. But if you're going to start a brand new baby brand, you still need to use those channels to test and iterate through and understand what your audience really wants in terms of messaging, positioning, and your actual audience targeting. So, I mean, w- would you think that that's a fair statement, Pete? I-, I know that you, when you pulled out your budget, it was because you were already you know, really saturated in the market. Is that fair? That's, um, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's for sure. And, I, and to your point, I like that too. So we've, we've always used paid search and social for, um, that's how we would test various keywords, especially when it comes totally. to our SEO strategy. Um, so yes, that, that's a, a for sure, um, a true statement. Um, you know, and again, I, so, so by the way, we did, we turned back on all of our, uh, search and social spend, but instead of the initial touch point and instead of spending all of that for prospecting, our spend goes towards retargeting. And then, yep. and then even on that side, on the retargeting side, it's um, what we found is in terms of content, it's UGC is what performs the best for us. Totally. Mm-hmm. And especially if it's, it could be UGC that involves some of those influencers that we, were, uh, we already worked with. Um, so we found that that content just has multiple uses and... Um, and longer term for a longer term, right? It's not just a one time, one and done with these influencers. As long as you have access and you're able to use and uh, use that content ongoing, uh, you could definitely put it to use. I love that as a tip for uh, you know newer brands, brands that have some budget to play with, but maybe not you know seven figures. Um, influencer marketing people still, and this blows my mind, as I'm sure it does yours. People still think, oh, influencer. It's too expensive. But to your point, if you're really doing it in a smart and efficient way, you're multitasking the shit out of that content, right? You're not just using it as a one-off experience where this influencer is like, oh my gosh, Trump's is amazing. It's so great for your diet and it's healthy and clean and all that. Then you get to also take those pieces of content and put those out on your social channels at a later date, which means you don't have to spend money on, like you said, pay-per-click. You don't have to spend money or as much money on your photo shoots. So it's really about reallocation. That's the big takeaway I'm getting from you. Oh, absolutely. And and if you think about it too, you know, I could go, if I wanted to create video content, for instance, video, and especially if it's like cinema quality, real deal, you know, fully produced, you know, uh, video content, that's very expensive. That's very expensive, right? So, I mean, if you think about what you would spend on that versus going and getting UGC, you know, more of like an influencer content, a lot of these influencers actually are pretty good. I mean, even just using like an iPhone or something, or they, some of them have really their own equipment and they can do their own uh, filming and editing and get mm-hmm. you that, that content. So in my mind, I feel like if you can look for 
those types of influencers that know what they're doing and can give you that valuable, valuable content, it actually can end up saving you money, even though it seems pretty expensive. Um, but you know, if, uh, I think it actually will pay dividends for a long time. I could not agree more with that statement. I love, love, love that, especially for a product in your category. Cause look, food and beverage CPG in general is really phenomenal for UGC and for influencer, but also because your price point is relatively low, like your margins, you have to be really careful about what you're spending on because your product is not expensive. So you can't be spending 10 times what one, you know, purchase of that product would cost you. So I, I, I'm sure that you, that, that, you know, from your operations partner, that process, that thought process has to be, you know, really intentional. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And so you have to have everything in terms of like average order value and all these things. In totally. Mind. Um, yeah. Obviously, I'm not selling one stick on our website that, that <laughs> yeah. we, we, would be, uh, we wouldn't be in business anymore. Um, so, you know, we have to sell various pack sizes and you figure out how to optimize that as well uh, to mm -hmm. optimize conversions. So. Yeah. Totally. I actually have a mason jar with a bouquet of all of your flavors on my uh, counter. So at any point I can go and just grab whatever I want, you know, in between a quick meeting, it's phenomenal. So make sure those of you listening in, either go to the Chomps website, which is literally just chomps.com. I think you're available on Amazon. You're available. Like, tell us where you, where people can find you. You should post that on, uh, on Instagram and tag us and then I'll let, I me, will. let me use that on my own channel. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love it. You're walking the talk. <laughs> yes, I love it. Go. ABCs, baby. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I love it. Well, where else can people find you if they're interested in uh, in trying this awesome product? So chomps.com is our main website. You can find us on Amazon, uh, Thrive Market, in brick and mortar. Yeah. We're in Whole Foods, Sprouts, Trader Joe's, um, Walmart. Um, if you go to our website, you'll actually find a store locator there. And so we're always adding new retailers. Um, yeah. So we're awesome. Yeah. So now that you are, you know, doing a hundred million this year in retail, which is unbelievable. Congrats again. Thank you. What, like, is that, um, uh, have you been able to stop and think, wow, we've actually hit a moment of success? How do you celebrate? I guess is my question. <laughs> That's a really good question. Um, well, I don't know. You know, I, I don't do a lot of celebrating right now. It's like, it's kind of funny. My, uh, my wife was always like trying to ask me to, to take a break and go, you know, whatever skiing with our friends or traveling or whatever. So I try to, you know, listen, I try to take breaks. I try to on the weekends just to relax and hang out. I have a four-year-old and a one-year-old. So when I get off of work, it's basically their time. And so that's how I, I relax is with my little family. And, uh, but yeah, in terms of celebrating, we don't do much of that yet. It's just, it's like, we are running and gunning still <laughs> and we're, very, yeah. we're a lean team. We have 22 people on the team right now and I'm trying to hire at the moment. Uh, we have six open recs at the moment and I'll have, I, I believe I'll be adding nine people by the end of this year. So, um, wow. yeah, so it's, uh, it's kind of, a, yeah, it's been a grind. It's been a, a labor of love. We love what we're doing. It's just takes, it, it's a lot. So. I mean, that's, that's life. being an entrepreneur. You always move, I call it moving the goalposts, right? You hit a goal and you're like, that's nice, but what's next? And you hit that one and then you're like, that's nice, but what's next? And you just keep doing that forever until eternity. So it's actually one of my goals for this year is to stop and celebrate the small wins a little bit more. And I think, Pete, I'm going to recommend that for you as well. <laughs> I, you know, I, think, I think a lot of people will probably recommend that, especially, especially my wife. So I'll let her do that. <laughs> <laughs> Tell her I'm on her page. That's right. I love it. Uh, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, uh, I want to learn a little bit more about your history and some more tips and tricks for entrepreneurs listening in. So stay tuned. Who says you've got to be big to get things done? 
We know that size matters in some things, but in other things like marketing, a small and scrappy team like Elevate My Brand can really take your brand to the next level. Our job is to create visibility so you can create profitability. Give us a call today and let's schmooze. All right, chatting with my new friend, Pete Maldonado, who is the um, uh, co-founder and CEO of Chomps. Um, So uh, was there ever like an Oprah aha moment where you were like, this is a win, this is going to be huge, I know this is going to work? Absolutely. Um, Actually, so in the beginning, it was, again, it was going to be this side hustle, it's going to be a little a little project for Rashid and I to do, it would end up being a website and we could do it in our spare time. And then um, actually he was on his honeymoon in Bali and Mm. I was driving a moving truck, like a huge U-Haul from Chicago down to Naples where I live now. And my wife's following me and we had just switched over to the Shopify platform on our website. And I remember, um, and they always give you a notification when you have a sale. And so I remember Mm -hmm. I look at my phone like some, as I'm driving down the road and I'm like, what is going on here? There's like all of these orders showing up. Ding, on my phone. ding, ding, ding. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, what? This thing must be broken. There's got to be something wrong. Here. Like, <laughs> it's never happened. I mean, there's no reason for that to happen. So I'm like, well, whatever. I threw my phone down and I'm like, I'll take a look at that the next stop. So a couple hours go by, we end up stopping at a hotel and I finally decided to look at my phone again. And I was like, oh, wait a second, let me look into this. And I found out, we found that, uh, you know, in Shopify, it's pretty cool. They have like, um, it's almost like a Google Analytics and it kind of shows you where, you know, the referring website. So um, we kept seeing in all the orders, it was uncrate.com. So uncrate was, if for anybody that doesn't know, it's like a curated list of cool products for guys with disposable income, just to put that out there. Totally. So they'll put up like, I mean, it could be, Food, it could be booze, motorcycles, watches, you name it. Yeah, they do they great feature. listicles. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, they featured chomps, like out of the blue, no warning, uh, nothing. And I, so I went to the website and I was like, what, what are these? So, and, and chomps is right there on the homepage, like the first item. Wow. And um, so, yeah, as I'm going through these orders, I realized there's thousands of orders that came in and we definitely did not have the inventory. Uh, (laughs) so we were probably out of stock within just a couple hours of being on there, but that stayed up for about a week. And, um, so Rashid, luckily was, he was finishing his honeymoon coming back. So by the time he came back, like we were already, I was gearing up, getting all the boxes and we were still filling orders ourselves at the time. Totally. So we ended up taking the next couple weeks just to, and he, he was working full time still. So he would come off work and we would, we were doing this out of my second bedroom, uh, and, and, uh, and where I was living. So anyway, long story short is we ended up having to manually go and pack all these orders. And while we were doing production runs, trying to get more inventory to fill them. But while we we're doing this, we reach out to all the customers and we're like, so sorry for this. We had no idea this was even going live. And, um, so we offered a big discount for their next order. Uh, but you know, during that period of time was that was definitely the eye opener for us because we always kind of thought this was like a little niche, like CrossFit slash paleo slash whole 30 brand, like how big, mm-hmm. like a cottage industry. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, these were just dudes. They were just a bunch of people on some website that had, they could be in, you know, anywhere with any kind of interest, no diet in mind, just wanted good snacks. And so that's when it was like, 
Oh yeah, we got something here. <laughs> I love that. First of all, what uh, I mean, talk about earned media. That's unbelievable. A PR hit that you didn't even think was coming, didn't pitch in any way, shape, or form. Did you find out later how they found the product? Uh, yeah, the editors just got a hold of it, and that was huh. it. So they, um, I have no idea Off how. Off to the races. Yeah. Right. Unbelievable. That's why conversations like this are so important. You never know who's going to be listening in, especially for startup brands in the food and beverage space. Send send your product to everyone, like everyone and anyone who you think might even possibly be interested in your product, as long as you know you doesn't kill your margins. But that's going to be the best PR you can ever do is getting that product in someone's hands and in their mouth, because that's where you create those brand evangelists. And clearly that's what happened in this case. I love that story. Absolutely. Yep. And so did you go down a PR route after that? Like, what was that? Were you like, oh, what, now we need to really be focusing on getting, uh, you know, getting media attention or, or not? Uh, no, I mean, it was still, we were still at that point, it was kind of like, okay, now we need to figure out how can we scale so that, and, and be able to handle it next time that one of these types of websites get a hold of us. But then it was also like, well, who's the next on create.com that we can go and hit. Um, uh. and that was kind of really what opened our eyes to like what you can do with, with influencer marketing and then some of these larger communities. So from there, we ended up reaching out to various, uh, these are probably more diet tribe focus. So it was mm -hmm. paleo bloggers and big or whole 30 bloggers or whatever. And we would have them send out, we found that email was huge, right? So we would, we could do a, a dedicated email with them, set it up where we either did it, whether it was just paid or it was paid in some affiliate or all affiliate and um, or commission, and so we would um, we just hit, just hit the ground running and did that as much as humanly possible, um, and uh, yeah, so that was that was really how we just built the the brand like little it was a like brick by brick it was partnership by partnership and just kept getting as much awareness as we possibly could. Crushing it, yeah. I love. I mean, I just love the brand. Let's talk about the packaging. Who mm -hmm. came up with the idea of that? Like super bright colors. It's very on trend now, but mm -hmm. you know, back in the day, it was not the the look and feel was not that um, at all. So was that you said you would were the focus on marketing and sales? Was that your concept? Did you hire an agency to build the brand? Like what? Talk us through that side of it. So uh, no agency. We actually hired a uh, creative director from, she was a former mm. creative director at Chipotle. She's actually at Pepsi now, but in between she did a short stint of consulting. And, um, and so, yeah, I worked with her and, uh, and she, so we gave her the, we kind of gave her the idea. We really wanted more colorful packaging, just an FYI. So we have like 75% female customers. And so wow. that's across digital. And we found that that's the case also in retail. So we were like, okay, uh, our customer is mainly female. Um, and so we really wanted to make sure that we were, we had, we didn't want it to be feminine. We wanted it to be female friendly. Right. So mm -hmm. there was a big difference, right? So we're not going to come out with pink and purple, whatever, you know, those, some other bright feminine colors or, you know, quote unquote, right. whatever we're, we're trying to be female friendly. So Again, a flood of color was important for us. We wanted to make sure we we're going to stand out from all of the, the typical dark, like black and, and red mix. Red, that you see yeah. And that meets <laughs> totally. that category. Every brand is like that, right? Every so, brand, totally. So we wanted to really make sure that our brand block, if you saw us on a retail shelf, you would spot us from a mile away. But also like we just we, it wanted to almost look like a, like a rainbow of colors that popped off the shelf. And mm -hmm. so um, that's kind of what we went for so she came up with a few different concepts and we just loved it i mean what we landed on and um i think you know obviously our packaging now i think it's a game changer from the 
crappy packaging I originally uh, uh, created on Photoshop. It actually, it was so funny. I actually, my initial packaging had cowhide in the background. Of course, of course, of course of it did because it was a beef, a beef stick. So you know. horrible. Uh, we laugh at it all, all the time now. So, but yeah, totally. And the name Chomps was that just like instantly what you had, or did that take some iteration? Yeah, no, that was actually just like a, I, I want to call this chomps. And then uh, we were trying Done. to, so we tried to get it um, trademarked. We initially had chomps snack sticks was, we had to add mm-hmm. that tail onto it to get it trademarked. And mm-hmm. then we ended up going for chomps and actually got it approved, uh, got the registered trademark. And then, then it was like, okay, now we've got that. We, our initial uh, URL was go chomps, um, mm-hmm. go chomps.com. And then we ended up uh, finding the guy that owns, um, he actually owns registrar.com, I believe, or something like that. I, I'm not quite sure who the guy was, but he um, he was like one of those guys that collects domains and he had yeah, yeah. com Squatters. So Hate he those. was trying to sell it for 50 or 60 grand, I think it was, or something like that. And like, I would have never bought it for that at the time. Um, yeah. But it was uh, the, it was December 31st and, uh, and he was trying to close out the year and the guy was like, and I guess one of their sales guys was trying to, package together a bunch of their domains that they had and sell them all. And so I told them, I'm like, listen, I could use it or not. We really don't need it, but I'll give you, I think I offer like five grand and he goes like 20 and I'm like, no, no interest. And he goes, well, can you do 10? And I'm like, done. So nice. <laughs> we bought that. For I love it. 10 grand. Art of negotiation. Yeah, sure. Well, the name is so great. The packaging is so great. In the last minute we have, I do want to pivot and focus a little bit on the personal side. So this is kind of a quick fire uh, personal question round. Mm-hmm. Uh, so first question is, what is the one thing you could not live without during COVID and you can't say your own product? Ugh. I mean, it was, um, let me think here. So I was working, uh, it, it was some of the gym, the, the equipment that I was working out with at home. So, um, I'm trying to think of what piece of equipment I can't live without though. Oh. You just say gym equipment. That's my cool. Equipment. We get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's how I feel about my Peloton. I say that all, almost on every podcast. <laughs> um, do you, if you drink, favorite cocktail of choice? Mm-hmm. Um, so I do Casamigos Soda Lime. Yes, I love that. I'm a, I'm a Casa Azul girl myself, okay. but I am definitely a tequila fan. It's also clean, right? So yeah. since you eat so clean in general because of what you do, that makes total sense to me. Uh, last question is, what is your favorite word and why? And this could be something that just pops into your head right now or a word that's had meaning for you over time. Whoa, what? That is like the deepest, I know. like crazy out of the I world. know, so meta, right? Um, we, we stomp so many entrepreneurs on this one. They're like, what the fuck? Yeah, what? <laughs> um, okay, my favorite word. Oh my God. Like, I don't even, I don't even know where to start. Um, okay. Impact, maybe? Got it. Why? I'm just trying to think like like a word that I use over and over again in at work, right? I mean, obviously, it's what I do with most of my time. But I think, you know, anything that we do at Chomps, it's always like, well, what is going to have the most impact? Or, or is that going to have the impact? And so if we're talking about anything. I mean, is it a social media post? Is it, I mean, you name it. We're always thinking about what can have the most impact for either the less, the least amount of investment or the least amount of time or effort or whatever it may be. So we're always looking for impact with as little input as possible. I love that. Um, Well, that's about all the time we've got left, but I do want to leave the floor open to you for any last wrap up words of wisdom to our audience. 
I, I would just reiterate what you said earlier, actually, about the whole thing about just get started. I mean, that is mm-hmm. the key. Oh, my God. You, you, so you know how many times I, I talk to young entrepreneurs that are just getting started and they're like, well, I want to do this, this and this before we launch. And I'm like, well, no, no, no. Just launch. Just do it. <laughs> like, it's never going to be right. And you're going to wait and try to get this thing perfect. And then you're going to go and launch and you're going to change it all anyway. You're going to change it all totally. anyway. And it always happens. So in my mind, it's like, and you don't, you don't have much to risk, right? I mean, you put, you put it out there, get the feedback. And worst case, maybe all it does is confirm that what you were going to do was the right way to go. Um, but I don't know. I just feel like getting that feedback initially is so important. I couldn't agree more. I think people are, are afraid of it and that's why they don't leap. But ultimately, entrepreneurship is the biggest leap of faith you could possibly take. So I love that. Just do it. Um, uh, last moment of wisdom. Pete, thank you so much for being on the show today. Really appreciate your time and your energy. And of course, the amazing product that you put out in the world. Thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me. And thanks to everyone listening in. Stay tuned for more Elevate Your Brand coming up next. Oh, 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 oh,